Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm Dave Walker. On today's podcast, we're going to recap the advanced statistics for the Falcons' loss on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week two of the 2021 NFL season. Let's start with the offense. So obviously, this is the unit I think many people were curious to see uh, how key guys played Throughout this game, there's some interesting scores here. There's guys who um, I think were on the opposite end of the, the spectrum of what we were expecting. Guys who were sort of in the middle of the pack that maybe looked better than we thought. And some really big surprises uh, overall in this group. Let's start at the, the top, the guys who earned the best grades. The number one graded player for the Falcons, right guard Chris Lindstrom. Um, he had a very strong game, according to PFF. Uh, he had one of the best run blocking scores, so he was getting it done as a run blocker. Also, very, very solid as a pass blocker. Overall grade of 83.7. Uh, really great game from him. Hopefully, we're going to see more of that. And again, considering some of the competition that he was going against, that's a really great score going up against one of the best defensive lines in football, uh, both last year and, of course, going into this year. So, Great to see that from Lindstrom. Really excited about his long-term potential as an interior protector for uh, this offensive line. Next to him, um, 13 total snaps, so keep this in mind. Um, Tight end Lee Smith. He had uh, a really good pass-blocking grade uh, of, uh, well, I'm sorry, uh, uh, pass-receiving grade of 79.4, which is a little surprising. I, he had the one uh, play where he caught it and sort of crawled to a first down. So I guess you get extra points from PFF for uh, making that kind of effort. It's I'll be honest. This is one of the grades I looked at and I thought that's that's a curious guy to show up on this part of the list. But he's there. He's our number two highest graded player. And of course, when you're starting right guard and you're blocking tight end or two of your best uh, graded offensive players, something probably is not going incredibly well for your offense. I'm sorry, I am laughing because this list is sort of getting even more absurd as we go down it. All right, number three on the list, Caleb McGarry, right tackle. Um, From what I saw, he did not have a particularly strong game. Now, I will say this, his overall grade of just under 70 uh, was is good. His run blocking grade, 74.4, uh, I think is what lifted his grade because his pass blocking was still a 61. Now, 61 uh, is not terrible. It's sort of uh, right, a, right at league average, give or take. Um, so, you know, you figure if the if you've got 32 starters, he's probably in that 15 to 18 range uh, on average. So, you know, not terrible, not bad, not not necessarily, you know, blowing the doors off as a pass blocker, but as a run blocker, he's he's apparently getting his job done. So 
kudos to him uh, for having a, a, a relatively strong game overall, the whole, the whole performance. Number four, 13 snaps. Christian Blake, wide receiver. Um, again, really sort of re- surprising to see him on the list. I uh, thought some other guys played better than him, but uh, and this is one thing to keep in mind. Let me also caveat this with pro football fo- focus. A lot of times they will come back um, and they do their initial grades, and these are the initial grades. They'll come back and have a couple of other people give their grades, and they'll sort of do a midweek reassessment. Now, from what I've seen, their grades don't change dramatically, but sometimes they'll come in and they'll, they'll realize, oh, you know what, on this play, it looks like, yeah, he, he did throw that ball behind, so we're going to take a point off. Or, uh, you know, the opposite, they'll, they'll give guys a little bit of a bump, and, and you may see this list change and morph. But right now, these, these are the guys on their initial grading from PFF. Um, number five on this list, uh, tight end Kyle Pitts. I actually thought he'd be a little bit higher because he showed the incredible athleticism that I think we're all excited about for his long-term potential. Also, incidentally, Kyle Pitts played 57 of the 72 total snaps. So he he was in there a lot more, especially when you compare him to Hayden Hurst, who only played 30 snaps at tight end. This was a little bit interesting to me because you know last week it seemed like we didn't see Pitts at all. This week, we saw a lot more of him. And so far the results look good. Now, one of the encouraging things here, you know, his pass passing grade, 68.8, pretty good. Uh, his pass blocking grade, 71.2. Um, if he can continue to do that, where he can be successful as an inline blocker, that is, I mean, that's, it's not what we drafted him for, but there's a tight end. That's kind of what you're hoping for. And that would make him, you know, a little bit more well-rounded. Now it's one game, you know, small sample size, clearly. But if Pitts can round out as an all-round tight end, that makes him a kind of guy that could be on the field for the majority of snaps. And that's a really encouraging initial sign from the rookie. Uh, And not something that's going to get a lot of attention. People are going to pay attention to the receiving stats and whatnot. But this is something that matters, especially for his particular position. All right. The five guys at the bottom. I don't know what's going on here. Um, I like this player a lot, but in 18 total snaps, the worst graded player was fullback Keith Smith. Um, Terrible passing grade, god-awful pass blocking grade, uh, below average run blocking, uh, just a rough game for him. Um, And I don't necessarily, I didn't necessarily see it, but uh, yeah, just not what you wanted to see. Uh, next up, probably no surprise here, Jalen Mayfield, uh, left guard. Now, I will say this. His overall grade was a 28.5. His pass blocking grade, which was a 1.4 last week, went up to 31.8 this week. So that is improvement. It's still terrible, but that is improvement. So he went from the absolute worst to probably still the worst, but not the worst in you know all of PFF history. <laughs> Uh, and his run blocking was still a 33. He had just one penalty on the day, though. So uh, I do want to give him some credit there. He he has cleaned up from the penalty standpoint. And I think the Falcons offense uh, was able to manufacture a little bit more, even with him being clearly subpar at left guard. Let's hope that trajectory keeps pointing up and that he can get... God, wouldn't it be amazing to see his pass blocking get into the 40s or the 50s next week? Uh, and they're going against the Giants team uh, in week three that does not have near 
the same uh, pass rush that we've seen the first two weeks. So maybe there's some hope for Mayfield to continue to grow into that left guard spot before Josh Andrews comes and probably takes a spot away from him. Uh, number three on the list, small sample size, quarterback Josh Rosen. Uh, whatever, make of that what you will. Uh, ahead of him, Parker Hesse, tight end, six snaps as well. Uh, so again, small sample size. And the fifth worst graded player on offense, this one was surprising to me. This is the one that sort of jumped out when I looked at this. Corderell Patterson, they had him in there. Now, as a receiving threat, 69.1 grade, really good. They had him with a 0.0 pass blocking grade. So he beat out Jalen Mayfield's 1.4 from last week with the, I'm guessing, the absolute worst pass blocking grade you can get. Um, as a runner, he got the 52.2s, so sort of middle of the pack. Um, some people gave me grief because on Twitter I said, hey, is it time for Patterson to be running back one? Uh, when actually as a runner, he wasn't that effective. Some of that, I think, was um, be, because he was offset with the uh, the play that got blown up on third and short where he lost like four or five yards. So that took away a good bit of his yardage. And also it's fair to say uh, Patterson had most of his success out of the backfield, but as a receiver. And I think that's where a lot of people were right. They called me out on that. Um, if, if you were one of the ones who pointed that out, uh, you were correct. I was wrong in my assessment of him as a runner. And apparently PFF wildly agree, uh, agrees with you that uh, he should not be the top dog at running back. Um, where did some of the key Falcons offensive players land? Matt Ryan was at number eight. Uh, his overall grade of 65.9. Again, sort of for a player who sort of consistently has spent his entire career in the high 70s into the 80s and sometimes the high 80s and even into the 90s with PFF scores. Um, th this is a rough start for Ryan. It's actually not as bad as last year. Um, or 2019, which was a disastrous start the first year uh, when Dirk Cutter came back. Um, but clearly, I think the pressure of these first two games has uh, gotten Ryan off the mark. I'm really thinking we're going to see a bounce back. And I do want to point out, he sort of has a notorious history for starting the first few games of every season somewhat slow. Even if you go back to 2016, when he won the MVP award, if you go back and look, some of his lowest uh, graded games were those first few games of the season. Even though uh, that second game in Oakland they won, uh, you know, his first game against Tampa Bay was uh, one of his worst games of that season. So he was at number eight. Uh, Calvin Ridley at number nine on this list this week. Again, much more productive this year as uh, this this game. Pardon me, as a receiver. And kind of surprised to see him there. Uh, Russell Gage was at number six. Again, uh, I think he had a decent game. And Mike Davis at number seven. So those are some of the key guys and where they landed uh, for the Falcons offense. We're going to talk about the Falcons defense, some of the guys that stood out there. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. 
It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snacket. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. We're looking at the advanced stats out of the Falcons-Buccaneers game from Week 2. We talked about the offense in the first half. Let's talk about what the defense did. And if you're coming into this thinking, hey, you know, the defense gave up 40-plus points, almost a 50-burger. They probably didn't have any good scores. Um, You might be surprised. They actually had, in this game, uh, guys that I think played fairly well. Let's start at the top. Um, After absolutely looking like trash in week one, Dante Fowler, highest-graded defender this week, 76 pass rushing scores, 72 overall. Um, It obviously had the one sack. Uh, three total pressures, really solid game for him. And nice to see him bounce back from uh, arguably a, just a dreadful uh, first week against the Eagles. Uh, number two on this list, after being sort of middle of the pack last week, last week uh, Grady Jarrett, 71.7 overall grade, really good in run defense. Uh, again, still missing some of the tackles, a low grade for tackling. Uh, and then the pass rush grade of 64 and a half is not bad. Uh, it's sort of, you know, still underperforming, but for the high standard that Grady Jarrett has essentially set for himself. Number three on this list. Um, one of the interesting things coming into this game was the fact that uh, we saw defensive lineman John Kaminsky be a healthy scratch and rightfully so. He was one of our worst graded players last week. However, um, the guy who was activated in his place, uh, rookie draft picked Quan Graham was number three on PFF's scoring list. Small sample size. He had 13 total snaps in this game. Um, Eight in run defense, five against the pass, 69.3 overall score, 70 in run defense, 67 as a tackler. Uh, a relatively good start for the rookie. Uh, 13 snaps, you know, if he can build on this, that is something to to pay attention to. Let's see if he continues to get opportunities to be active on game day. I actually thought he'd be one of those guys that would be inactive for most of the season. The fact that he was active uh, has probably had as much to do with Kaminsky not getting it done uh, as anything else, but he took advantage in those 13 snaps and he showed up uh, in a meaningful way on Sunday. Now, again, these grades, 69.3, like these are you know slightly above average, so I don't want to oversell this as these guys were blowing the doors off. Clearly, they weren't as a unit, so please don't take this as saying these guys are all a bunch of future pro bowlers, but, you know, first impressions, uh, pretty good for this uh, young rookie. Uh, number four on the list, uh, Jonathan Bullard, who was one of the standouts in the preseason, one of our interior pass rushers that... Uh, really sort of uh, made an impression and and, uh, earned himself a spot on the 53. And here he is, um, number 99, 32 snaps, 67.9 overall grade, uh, 66.3 as a pass rusher, so that's above average, not bad. 
good to see you know these kind of pickups where the Falcons brought him in. Uh, he was a guy that many people didn't have on their radar, makes the roster and turns in the top performance. And sort of building on top of the idea of some of these young guys uh, picking up positive scores, number five on the list, strong safety, Jalen Hawkins. 16 snaps. He's beginning to see a little bit more playing time, and I am heavily in favor of this, especially considering the fact that, you know, Deron Harmon, Eric Harris, decent guys, and Harmon much better, uh, incidentally, um, decent players, but I, I really think Hawkins is beginning to play his way into a starting role next year. If he keeps this up, he's going to play his way into even more snaps and could end up being a starter by the end of the year, if, again, he can keep this up. But his overall grade is 67, really strong, a solid tackling, uh, decent in coverage, uh, really about all you could ask from the, the second-year player. So some positive signs from our young guys on this defense, something we definitely want to see. All right, let's go to the bottom of the list. Um, five snaps total, uh, disappointing to see this, uh, linebacker Michael Walker. Um, although he had a really strong tackling grade, 71.4, but his overall grade of 27.5 is quite dreadful. Right above him is uh, linebacker Brandon Copeland, only two snaps, so you know, I wouldn't put too much stock in this grade, but it is interesting that the player who the Falcons cut right before week one and brought back uh, got just two snaps and registered a 30.5 grade overall. Again, small sample size. Don't read too much into it. Right above them, uh, Stephen Means, uh, another linebacker, 39.8 grade. We're seeing a tendency here where our guys on the edge are not necessarily getting it done. Incidentally, they did play Michael Walker more at outside linebacker in this game. Might not be the right fit for him, but we'll, we'll see how that progresses. Uh, but yeah, Stephen Means, 39.8. Still a very solid score on tackling, but not getting it done uh, in other aspects of the game. Number four uh, in the worst list, Fabian Moreau, uh, cornerback. Uh, really rough day. He slipped and fell on one of the touchdowns. Uh, so rough game from him. And uh, safety, Eric Harris is fifth on the list with a 54.1 overall grade. Just a, a sort of a meh, just below average outing from him. From Really a guy we brought in to be a veteran presence uh, to help bring along the young guys, but we we were hoping we'd get a little bit more than this out of him, and so far, overall performance has been uh, kind of disappointing. Now, where did some of our key starters on defense land? A.J. Terrell, uh, who had two fantastic pass breakups, was number six on the list, and uh, God, I hope he can get back uh, healthy soon. Did suffer concussion on Sunday, so he will be in the protocol my bet right now is he probably misses this next game, um, but he had a 72.5 coverage score. Makes a ton of sense. Highest graded uh, player in coverage, 66.5 overall grade. Dron Harmon was number seven, incidentally. Um, Adita Kumbo Ogundeji, our outside linebacker rookie draft pick, was uh, number nine on this list. So good to see him there. Um, Foyer and Dion were 10 and 11. Uh, and Isaiah Oliver, who I thought actually had a better game than what this score indicates, was number 14. Uh, he's a player that I thought has, uh, he has settled into the right role uh, and played, I thought, decently against you know what is arguably the best offense in the league right now. And I think this role for him, sort of as that, you know, that slot corner, is, is a much better fit. Uh, 39 snaps in this game, uh, but... According to PFF, sort of middle of the road performance from him. 
And again, you know, with all of these guys, uh, I think the important thing to note here is that these scores are really reflective of just the one game. It's not necessarily indicating what they're going to do the rest of the season. But hopefully if we can see some repeats of this, especially from guys like Taquan Graham, Jalen Hawkins, it it bodes well for the future uh, that we're going to be turning this franchise over to. Can Jalen Hawkins become a starter at safety for us next year? Can Taquan Graham become a regular rotational piece on that defensive line? Um, right now, the, you know, they, they both turned in really good performances or solid performances. I don't want to say really good. No one was really good on Sunday. Uh, but those guys stood out, and you love to see it. Top coverage grade, again, goes to A.J. Terrell. Uh, top pass rushing grade goes to Dante Fowler. Our best tackler was Deron Harmon. Uh, the best player in run defense, Grady Jarrett. And again, our top rated player on defense overall, Dante Fowler Jr. So that is the advanced stats for Tampa Bay uh, hosting the Falcons in week two. Next week, we have the New York Giants in New York. They also are going to be coming off of 10, 10 days of rest, having played the Thursday night game. Again, thank you to the NFL schedule makers for setting up the Falcons so wonderfully early on in the season. Uh, But we will be back next week to analyze the advanced stats after that game as well. You can find me guys on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod. And of course, our articles daily at Falcoholic.com. Thanks for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.